This is episode number 21 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last episode, I talked about boundaries, one of my very favorite topics. This week, I want to talk about curiosity, which may be even more of a favorite theme than boundaries, though both are absolutely essential to bring with you to a desert island, if you had to pack a bag. I'm going to start with a curious story. Recently, I was hiking with a friend, and when we got to the summit, after a long, steep climb, we sat down on the scraggly rocks to catch our breath and enjoy the view. While there, I befriended a chatty six-year-old who had meandered away from her mother and was peppering me with questions. I was delighted by her enthusiasm, so much so that when she asked about the enormous sore under my nose, I didn't skip a beat. That week, I had been struggling with pretty bad allergies and had developed a small infection under one nostril from all of the nose blowing. Most adults wouldn't have asked. She just simply pointed to my nose and said with honest curiosity, what happened? I told her calmly about my allergies while her mother rolled her eyes at me as if to apologize. I didn't think any apology was needed. I could have talked to her daughter for hours. Most adults misplace our curiosity along the way of growing up. We stop giving ourselves permission to wonder and to probe into life as we may have once done as children. It can certainly be safer not to constantly ask questions. Many of us learned the hard way to get less bold in pointing out the sores on the faces of our world and just started pretending that we never saw anything to begin with. It's like a deadening of nerve endings that were once alive. I believe that in order to regain a sense of aliveness in our adulthood and heal our intimacy with others and with our worlds, it is essential to get curious again. And the good news is that those nerve endings can be revived. Curiosity creates connection. It creates feeling. And it can also create discomfort, otherwise known as more feeling than we are used to. If our culture's value is to be anesthetized, to feel numb, or just to feel less, then curiosity is always going to be a threat. Better to be nice, avoidant, and vague, rather than curious, specific, and direct. You won't make any waves or challenge any conventions living life that way. Two things have helped me embrace a life of making waves with my curiosity. One, I have gotten into a deep abiding love affair with my body, which gives me a great deal of confidence. My foundation is solid because it's literally my physical body guiding my curiosity. I'll say more about that in a moment. Two, I have made an adult commitment to listen to people, which means to challenge the assumptions that accumulate in my head, attempting to convince me that I know someone based on the story I tell myself about them rather than on who they are. Though I don't always succeed, I practice letting people inform me directly about themselves rather than letting my projections inform me. 
by far the most eloquent description I have read of the essence of curiosity comes from filmmaker, author, and sick activist Valerie Carr. In her incredible book, See No Stranger, Carr writes about wonder. She says, Wonder is our birthright. If we are safe and nurtured enough to develop our capacity to wonder, we start to wonder about the people in our lives. We begin to sense that they are to themselves as vast and complex as we are to ourselves, their inner world as infinite as our own. She goes on to say, it is easy to wonder about the internal life of the people closest to us. It is harder to wonder about people who seem like strangers or outsiders. But when we choose to wonder about people we don't know, when we imagine their lives and listen for their stories, we begin to expand the circle of those we see as part of us. I could read this passage over and over. Its truth rings so resonantly for this moment in time. I believe for the sake of the aliveness of our intimate connections and for the sake of the resilience of our communities and the safety of people marginalized in our world, that it is time to revive our ability to wonder and to get curious about one another. So what does this curiosity look like? Well, as the old saying goes, we have two ears and one mouth. It looks like asking questions and listening even when, and especially when we want to defend or attack or blame or cut and run. Over the years, I have taught curiosity to many groups. Engaging curiosity is less about learning a new skill than it is about slowly turning the volume back up on your attention, which has been muted by politeness or general avoidance of connection. It's a permission thing, which takes time and practice to really settle into after so many years of filtering what you actually wanted to say. If you let yourself move towards connection guided by curiosity, your body will start lighting back up. I think of it like having an infrared tracker under my skin. As I listen to people, I track at what point in their sharing my body pings. It's like a warming or a gentle resounding bell or a physical stirring. There's lots of ways to describe it. But basically, whenever I feel something, I know there is material of interest to me and I let my curiosity guide the way. This week, I asked a new Facebook friend to coffee, who it turns out also moved to Port Townsend from Dallas like I did. Clutching our paper cups at the sidewalk table, I asked him questions about his childhood, his education, his career, and his plans for the future. Because our meeting started from a blank slate, I relied on my curiosity to fill in the gaps. At a certain point, I acknowledged that I had been doing all of the question asking and wanted to allow him to inquire about me equally. He couldn't. He didn't, in fact, really acknowledge my invitation, except to wonder again about why I had invited him to tea. I'm pretty sure he thought I was hitting on him, which I wasn't. The conversation basically ended there. Following our curiosity about others in our world asks us to get out of our own heads. 
Curiosity gets us into relationship. And relationship, the real kind, is vulnerable. So curiosity will require us to take risks, and not everyone can do that. I wasn't mad at the man I had coffee with who couldn't reciprocate my curiosity. Once that would have pissed me off. But I've gotten to the place where I enjoy my own curiosity so much that it's its own end and always a good practice. This week's homework requires a partner. Play a round of Spotlight with your partner. Spotlight is a connection game in which one person asks curious questions of the other for a timed period. Start with three minutes and go for five or eight if you both agree. Question asker, give yourself permission to follow the beat of your heart, the tingle of your toes, and the rumbling in your belly. Your questions don't have to follow any particular theme. In fact, they can wildly vary in topic one to the next. The only rule is you ask questions whose answers you are genuinely interested in hearing. The person answering the questions can always say pass and can answer in as much or as little detail as you like. Question asker, you might start with, what's it like to be receiving my attention? And follow with creative questions like, when was the last time you cried? Or what part of your body do you like the most? It's best if you let what you are perceiving about the person to guide you. For example, if the person seems melancholy, you might ask, you seem sad. Are you feeling sad right now? Politeness taught us to ignore what is right under our noses. Curiosity returns to us permission to name what's present and in so doing truly grow and deepen our intimacy with one another and our worlds. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Ooh, ooh, ooh.